Please turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 2, and I read verse 41 and 42. Acts chapter 2, verse 41 and 42. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. I want to speak to you this morning. My title is Christian Commitment. Christian Commitment. Are you, am I, a committed Christian? Just a few words of introduction. Now, the world says, commit yourself to nothing. Never commit yourself to anything. This is what the world is telling us. And that is why the society is falling apart. Why? Because there is no commitment. That is why I believe marriages, the nations, are falling apart. Families, bringing up children is falling apart because we commit ourselves to nothing. But you see, for the Bible, commitment is so vital, it is so essential. Why? In the book of Proverbs, it is said, as a bird wandereth from its nest, so is a man that wandereth from his place. God has given us a place and we, we should stick to that place. Remember that proverb. As a bird wandereth, the bird goes away from his nest or its nest, he's vulnerable. But in Psalm 84, you know the verse, one day, one day in thy courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. Better be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Where, where would you want to be today, in this time, in this hour? You see, a day in the house of the Lord is better than a thousand hours or a thousand days elsewhere. And then, in Psalm 122, verse 1, it says, I was glad... I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. Maybe somebody was drugged this morning. <laughs> the verse says, I was glad. But you see, commitment, consecration, dedication, witnessing, faithfulness, prayerfulness, watchfulness, loyalty, Availability and reliability. I could, I could, it's, it is an endless list also. I could continue with synonyms or just uh, our marching orders. These are our marching orders. You see, commitment is really the barometer of your spiritual state and condition. 
tell me how much you are committed to the Lord and his church, and I will tell you what kind of Christian you are. It is, commitment is the, the measuring read. It is the norm. It is the standard of our Christian work. And it is really the, the ruler, the marker of our love for the Lord and of our love for one another. For some people, commit, oh, you are speaking about commitment. You are a killjoy. You are a killjoy. Why should I commit myself to the church? Oh, that is legalism. <laughs> My dear friends, that is not legalism. If you say commitment is a killjoy, it is a restriction to your joy and happiness and freedom, that is disobedience. It is disobedience. And as you know, some people, of course, mistakenly, they think in the local church, nothing is expected of them. Oh, my dear friend, are you here this morning thinking that nothing is expected from you? No obligation at all? And some of us, some of us, we may just see the church as a, as a convenience, a practical convenience, like a community hall, like a petrol station or, or the, the, the corner shop, just for my needs, just for my needs. But remember, the church is a spiritual home. It is a spiritual home. You know, in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, the church is called the household of faith. The household, meaning what? The family of faith. If you have faith, this is your family. The local church is everything. Of course, the local church is not vital for your salvation, but once you are saved, what happened? You are engrafted, you are integrated, you are, uh, you are adopted, and uh, you become a member of that local church because you have been given the, the, hand, the, the right hand of fellowship, and there, my dear friend, there you receive the teaching, there you are admonished, there you are instructed, there you are exhorted, there you steward, and still your stewardship is given, there and there you are disciplined and when you leave this world recently I was saying in the church when you leave this world you are not a member of a church what would the church say about you oh she, she, she loved hospitality she loved flowers she loved music she loved traveling around the world or he loved traveling around the world and so is this something really really solid is this something really substantial but when they say about you, she loved the Lord, he loved the Lord, he's committed to the Lord, he's dedicated and consecrated to the Lord. What a testimony. This is something you can take to the next life. It is so important to be a member of that, that local church. Yes, I have to say, there are reasons why a believer may be absent from the meetings. But my dear friends, I must tell you this. Love, love will always keep its duties. Love will always keep its promises. Always. 
So really, we, are, we don't date the church. We don't date the church. We are the church. We are in the church. We don't date the Lord Jesus Christ. We are married to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the, he's the groom. The church is the bride. You don't date the church. And behind our lack of commitment, I, I believe the bottom line of our, love, of our lack of commitment to the Lord and the local church, at the bottom of it, there is a deeper problem. May I tell you what is that deeper problem? It is a spiritual problem. How many years you claim to have been a Christian? How many years? Just think about it. So our lack of commitment to the local church is sure enough, I believe, is sure enough a lack of commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. So may I ask you before I proceed, what role, what role, please, please don't be offended. I hope I, that's not my, 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 my intention at all, not to offend anyone. I wish I could, I could rub you uh, in, the, in the nicest way. But you see, what, what role do you play in the church? Even in a family, we said the church is a family. Even parents at home there, do you want, are you happy to see your children fit up? Fit up and just relaxing, watching, being spectators in the home. Would you be happy to see that? I'm sure no parent will be happy to see that. You want your children to be, each one of them, pulling his part, his share of the load, of the burden. That's what makes a, fa a family. We are contributors in a family. We are participants. We are not uh, spectators. So commitment, I believe, is scriptural and spiritual, and I will do my best. I often say, in my small mind, I want to keep it as simple as possible. Simple as possible, expressing to you and to myself. I'm not pointing a finger to anyone, but to myself, why commitment is scriptural and spiritual. And I hope when you leave this house of prayer today, you will say to yourself, no, I don't want to be a spectator in the church. I, want to, I don't want to be like in a bus, you know, you enter in the bus, you are not the driver. You are just sitting, watching the, the, the beautiful scenery when there is one. But that's not the church. You know a picture I got long time ago, when I found the Lord, long time ago, a picture I remember about the church. They said, in the church we are all rowing. We are all rowing, not just one, but all of us, we are rowing, like in a canoe. And when we are all rowing together, what happens? It goes faster. But when, it, when it's one, we are just a heavy load sitting, oh, that we won't go far. So here is a, I cannot tell you if it's four, five, or six, but as we proceed, you will see. Here are some reasons why commitment is scriptural and spiritual. Number one, number one. You have the text in front of you. It's here in Acts chapter two, and it's very important. Number one, the New Testament church sets the pattern. 
The New Testament church sets the pattern. If you prefer, the early church sets the pattern. Verse 41 and 42. New believers who gladly received the word of God, they met together on the Lord's day. Now, I don't want to digress by telling you about the Lord's day, but remember, the Lord's day is vital. Unfortunately for many of us, the Lord's day is the Lord's hour, one hour. I mean, this is my day. I give to the Lord one hour. He should be happy with that. But no, wherever you read in the word of God, if you want a precise verse, Revelation chapter 1 verse 10, it says the Lord's day, not the Lord's hour, not the Lord's half day. The Lord's day. And I believe we are so greedy. God gave us six days, but we say, no, 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 we want even the seventh one. That's greediness and selfishness. Do you really love the Lord? Oh, thank you, Lord. You gave me six days. I can set aside one day to rest my mind from my daily, daily the weekly, weekly business and businesses and busyness of life. It's even good for your health. It's good for your health. It lifts up your soul. And it makes you to think more about heaven, about heavenly matters. You see, they, they who received the word of God, God gladly, they met together on the Lord's day, verse 41, and once added to the church, they continued steadfastly, verse 42. They continued steadfastly. The word steadfastly there means they put all their powers into it, not half, half heart, but they put all their powers into it because they love the Lord. And they that were saved, you can see it again, verse 47. Once added to the church, they met together. They, they gathered together. And they gathered together, saved, they gathered together. Please, I will, I will list a number of things happening. They gathered together in one place, with one heart, with one mind, with one soul, with one aim, with one purpose. But verse 46, 47 says also, with one accord, with one accord, they have agreed. They, they are happy to meet together. Nobody forced them. That was, I believe, full commitment. <laughs> it was full commitment. One heart, one mind, one Lord, <laughs> one place. Even, I'm, I hope I'm not exaggerating by saying they even had one purse. One purse. It's there, verse 46, 47. One purse. Later in Acts chapter 4, one purse. One common purse or collective purse. So that's really the first thing. Even persecution couldn't stop them from being there. We are not persecuted. Some people here have never seen persecution. But even persecution wouldn't stop here. My dear friends, the, the first believers, they gathered together as if gathering together was their full-time job, <laughs> full-time occupation. And indeed, it was their life. Number two, so first, 
the New Testament sets the pattern. They gather together gladly. They receive the word. And they, they love to be together. Continuously, steadfastly. Number two, they devoted themselves. Verse 41, 42. They devoted themselves to the Lord, to his word, to the Lord's supper, to praise, to fellowship. They devoted themselves to those things because they love, they love the Lord. And nothing will stop them from being there. Please, again, don't, don't feel offended. May I ask you directly and straightforwardly, when was the last time you were in a prayer meeting? Oh, you believe prayer is powerful, yeah? You believe power is, uh, prayer is important. But when was the last time you said amen in a prayer meeting? You believe that the Bible is the word of God. It is, it is the powerful word of God. May I ask you also, when was the last time you were in a midweek meeting? When was the last time? It's up to you too. It, it, I cannot answer, answer for that. But you have to answer before the Lord. When was the last time? And when was the last time? Tonight, we will meet. We will meet for the gospel service. And do you know the gospel service is for what? We remonstrate, we reason with people who are uh, still outside the kingdom of God. When was the last time you witnessed to anyone? When was the last time you said to somebody, come, come and hear the gospel. It will save your soul. It will give you rest with God and with yourself and with your society. When was the last time you really, you, you, you were even present? If you are not present, how, how, how do you long? What shows that you really long to see anyone come into the saving knowledge of Christ? Oh, my dear friends, we need to think. I think, you know, I can speak freely to my African brothers and sisters. Many times I say, when, when they invite me and I, I relate to them, my dear African brothers and sisters, we have danced enough. It is time to listen. It is time to do something for the Lord. That's why... I often, and they give me a smile when I mention that. I say, when you go to a church, you see a band. You see a band? You see drums? You see guitars? Please run away. Run away. That's entertainment. It's not worship. So number one, the early church set the pattern for us. Number two, the believers were devoted. They were devoted to the Lord, to the Lord's Supper. When was the last time you came to the Lord's table? It is a command, you know? It is a command. Do this in remembrance of me. The Lord Jesus Christ said, in, Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I must hurry. The, the third one, in, still in those verses, they gave generously to support the work of the Lord and to support also those who were in need. They gave generously and sacrificially. There is a saying in French that who loves doesn't count the cost. Do you really love the Lord? We, give to, we do not enrich a man 
We do not give to the man. We give to enrich the kingdom of God. We give that the gospel may penetrate every, every house. But fourthly, they were consistent and persistent in their, in their witness. They were witnessing consistently and persisting in, the, in, the, in their daily witness. Please don't think the people there had more time. They were more busy than you and me. They had more troubles there. And I believe, again, you will always find time for what you really want to do. If you love a person, you will find time to talk to the person. You will find time to meet with the person. And these people, they were persistent. They were consistent. You know, when we witness to non-believers, it is a, it is a, a mark, it is a sign that we ourselves we have been saved. Oh, the cause of Christ was the, the reason for their life. It was a full obedience. And I believe every church, maybe every church should give to every, every one of its members a map of the neighborhood. A map of the neighborhood. Be concerned for souls. Pray for souls. Reach out for souls. Be a part of the reach out uh, team every week. And speak to your pastor and say, Pastor, what can I do for the Lord? Which team can I join? I'm sure then you put the ball in his court. Oh, my dear friends, please never lose. I, I, pray, I pray to the Lord that I will never lose that sense of concern, that sense of urgency, that sense of, uh, of interest in other people. Because, you see, I, I contend for the faith uh, jealously, but not selfishly. I shouldn't be selfish about the faith. Just for me, just for me. Even heaven, if it's only for you, oh, what poor heaven it will be. That is not heaven. But a number that no man, no man could count will be there. Even, even for children, everyone. The prayers of a child. That's why we don't believe in hierarchy in the church. The prayers of the child are as powerful as the prayers of the pastor. If he has trusted on the Lord Jesus Christ, the child. But look, so if I lost you first, the New Testament church sets the pattern. Continuously, steadfastly, they were together, gathered together on the Lord's Day. Second, they were devoted to the means of grace, to love the Lord, to love his word, to love one another, to love the Lord's table, to love praise. They were there in fellowship, in breaking breads. Number three, as we said, they were also sacrificial and generous. Number four, they were persistent in their witness. And number five, they were orderly, orderly. We don't often speak about order in the church, but remember the first rule in heaven is order. The first rule in your home, in a family, is order. The first rule in a society is order. The first rule in a, in a family is order. Disorder is never the rule. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14, Paul says, There warn them that are unruly. 
And in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6, he says, Withdraw yourself from every brother that walketh disorderly. Why am I speaking about unruly and disorder? Or what does it mean? To desert your local church is to behave unruly. To, to, to desert and, uh, and abandon. Will a mother abandon and forsake her own child? To desert the local church is to live disordered. If you desert your local church, I'm sorry again, you will say, oh, the preacher is hard on us today. No, that's not the purpose. But remember, you are a covenant breaker. And covenant breakers, Romans chapter 1, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Commitment. Is more than participating. It is more than attending. Now, one last. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10. You know the text. I won't stay long there. It's just uh, uh, before, before I come to some applications. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. It is impossible. It is impossible to fulfill the scripture, the word of God, the commands and the imperatives of the word of God without being a member of a local church. There are at least 62 one another texts. We call them the one another texts. Love one another, uh, bear one another's burden, pray for one another, and so on. 62 of them. And why am I, am I mentioning this? Look at verse 22. Hebrews 10, 20. Let us let us, together, together, not just you, the same, the let us, let us, it's there. Verse 23, let us hold fast the profession. And verse 24, let us consider one another. Verse 25 now is my verse. Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together. Not forsaking. I don't have time to read the verses for you, but please later glance. If you forsake your, uh, your church, your local church, look at the judgment of God upon you. I know most preachers stop at verse 25, but look at the judgment. The connection link there, the connecting word is that word for, verse 26. For if we sin willfully, if we abandon, if we do not gather together and we do it willfully, I don't want to be there. It's so boring. They don't have a, a choir. They don't have music. They are not entertaining me. My dear friends, this, their life is in the word. Their life is in the word. Not in entertaining, entertaining band or choir. Crazy music and noise. Life is in the word. Christ said to the disciples, my words are spirit and life. The gathering together is a command. Please never think, my dear brother, my dear sister, never think you are here or not doesn't matter. It matters. The church needs you. You need the church. Reciprocal, mutual need of one another. Some people say, I love the Lord Jesus, but I hate the church. Say that to any husband here. I love you, but I hate your wife. 
What would he think? No, you cannot love the Lord and hate his bride. The church is the bride of Christ. Our commitment is so important. We all contribute to the body. We need, we need one another. And we care for one another. You know the text. If you haven't memorized that text, especially the young ones, please challenge yourself this week. I'm going to memorize Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to, uh, to give, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. You offer your body, not as a dead sacrifice, but as a living sacrifice to the Lord. I ask you, did the Lord give himself halfway to us? He gave us all about himself. All. A treasure without measure. He gave us everything. He is all in all for us. Likewise, we give ourselves to the Lord. Oh, with the church, we must see beyond our small persons. Where your treasure is, Bible says, there your heart will also be. So, in the same way, what you love the most is what you are the most committed unto. Now I close. I have four or five applications. Maybe we won't get there. My time is over. But just jot them. Uh, 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 note this, this, these applications for yourself later. Number one, why commitment is so vital? We have shown that commitment is scriptural, it is spiritual. But now, why is it so vital? Number one, commitment glorifies our Lord. It gives glory to God. And that is so important. They met with gladness. They met with joy. No time to read for you Psalm, Psalm 45, 45, verse 15, but it is said that with gladness and rejoicing shall they be brought, they shall enter into the king's palace with, uh, with joy and gladness. If the church, one hour, one day you spend in the church is boring for you, then eternity will be deadly boring for you. And I wonder even if you will be there. So think about it. The believers, they met together. They were committed because it gives glory to God. Number two, application number two. Commitment is the antidote. It fights boredom. It fights unhappiness, discontentment. It fights insatisfaction. It fights gossip. Somebody who is busy doing the Lord's work will not have time to gossip about other people. Will not have time to criticize anyone. It fights tiredness. You know, when you see people are tired in church, they are sleeping, it, be, it is because they have not been zealous and fervent in the Lord's work. Otherwise, God will give you grace. A person who is busy in life and not busy in the work of God is not busy at all. And commitment fights idleness. You know, idleness, laziness, is Satan's workshop. <laughs> Satan works very well with somebody who is doing nothing. And the fellowship is protective. 
It, is, uh, it makes you to be instrumental, and it makes you to be fruitful. It makes you to be forgiven. You learn how to edify one another. And you learn how to fight fault-finding and a, a holier-than-thou attitude. Number three, commitment makes us to watch over one another. We are one another's keepers. You know where you sat today? Next Sunday you sit there, the fellow, oh, he's not here today. I must give him a call. I must go and visit him maybe. I must send him a call. This is how we, we watch over one another. We watch over one another, not with suspicion. We, nobody should be a busybody person uh, uh, mingling himself with the business of other people. The word busybody in the Greek is the word bishop. Nobody should be a bishop or a self-appointed bishop over the life of other people. But we care for one another in the church of Jesus Christ. So you see, it glorifies God. It makes you to be, it fights, antidote all the <laughs> unhappiness and selfishness and unforgiving spirit and so on. Third, it, we watch over one another. And it makes us to be more, more watchful about the needs of the church, to excite ourselves, provoke ourselves, exhort and excite one another unto good works. Oh, you should ask yourself today, what can I do to make somebody love the Lord more? What can I do to bring somebody to the Lord Jesus Christ today? Fourthly, it deepens our our relationship with one another in the local church. It cements our relationship. We are brothers and sisters. You know, your brother as a Christian is more important to you than your biological brother or sister. If that is not the case, please think more. It cements our relationship with one another. Just think about it. Are we here because of we are of the same culture or of the same affinity? No, no, no. We are here because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Just think about it again. If it was not the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, some of us would never meet in this world. We will never be sitting together in this world. But Christ cements our relationship. I close. The last one. Members of this local church, we want the well-being of our local church. This is my family. Nothing will separate me from this family. All together, we witness and we bear one another's burden. In 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 8, Jonathan said to David, Thou shalt be missed, because thy seat will be empty. My dear friend, I have an eye on all of you today. I will see tonight. Thy seat will be empty. You will be missed. You will be missed at the prayer meeting next this coming week. You will be missed at the, prayer, at the midweek meeting. You will be missed next, next, next Lord's Day. Please don't, don't do so. Don't do so because you are committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. Will you, will you will be missed in the prayer meeting, in the outreach. The Lord delights in the local church. Nothing, nothing could replace the work of the Lord Jesus Christ in the local church. And as you know, I'm sure most people here will agree with that. Home-made meals are better than takeaways. Why am I saying this? Internet preachers will never replace the food you get at home. It is always better. 
Even visiting preachers will never replace the food you get directly from home. To belong to a local church, to commit myself to its work, is an expression of my gratitude to the Lord who loved me and he gave himself for me. Committed to the Lord, I'm also committed to the local church. Christian commitment. Let's close our time together with hymn number 459. Hymn number 459. Thy life was given for me.